clouds lifted from the mountain. A beam of light hit me. I saw my phone. It was weird. The sun was shining even though it went down hours ago. Rafa Sparza, you're not going to believe it. But my team, the standing with Janet's, defeats yours better than victory. 225.8 to 164.4. A stamping. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What? We don't know all the facts right now. We are waiting for a criminal investigation to be done on Kevin Phillips' standing with Janet's teams because who is this Janet? We don't know. <laughs> it's Janet Jackson. I'm I'm with her. I just wanted to know. You're standing with Janet Jackson. That's what you're doing? Yes. And so you're you're questioning the validity of the outcome of this fantasy football matchup despite incontrovertible incontrovertible evidence. That's right. Use the words you don't even know. That's perfectly fine because I do it all the time. I'm going to make up a word right now. Unconceivably. Okay? Oh, that's sorry. probably a word. Don't know that it is. But you got to say it with gusto here. But I'll tell you one thing, Kevin Phillips. Yeah. It's this. It's that I'm going to see this thing through. We're going to take it through all the courts, the Supreme Court, Judge Judy, the other court shows. I don't know which ones they are. And we're going to make sure that we're going to see it through. I I think think Judge Brown's still in the air. But this is just a tally of scores amongst players. How could you... How could you be arguing? First of all, I, you know, I've gotten compa- a lot of people are saying, Kev, a lot of people are saying Who? that there is a lot of people. There's there people is that a website. And there are a lot of, nope. Nope. It's just a lot of people who got together and Set basically things. sent me a telegram. They told me exactly what I thought I needed to hear, which was that you telegram. may have used illegal emails to come to a decision to play certain players. I don't know who said these things or if you printed them out or if you used an illegal server. I'm just saying that a lot of people are saying this. I, I was deleting email. I was cleaning house. It's uh, just like criminal. Crooked Kevin. Oh, God. Well, you're not going to take away this victory from me, just not mentally, which means it's time for Verbal Tap, the show that proves fighting is way easier from outside the cage unless you're facing me in fantasy football. I'm your host, Kevin, with me, of course, the man that watched more of the Polaris for <laughs> show than I did. Uh, I was having a long weekend in Breckenridge, a holiday, as the, <laughs> the Brits would say. Would say. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. Um, I have to say something, and I, I think this may be controversial, Kevin, especially on this podcast. Okay. It's really easy to use and speak in that voice, maybe to the point where I understand why he does it. It, Yeah? I, I, I'm not saying that the person who I'm referencing in that impression uh, is right. We don't you know, condone or whatever the word is. Uh, anything that he says or does. But, like, when you don't have to admit anything and you speak your own weird language of falsehoods, it's kind of fun. Yeah. Nothing really sticks to you. It's, it's just kind of like you factually fun. killed a human being. Prove it. <laughs> Show me the pictures. I don't see pictures. Show me the pictures. I have right not now. seen them. 
but I'm not like Crooked Kevin, which, by the way, if I made sure that anything happens on this episode, getting a hashtag Crooked Kevin to trend would make my heart work so well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I should I, be I have, accused of it. I have Tom Brady should. and Andrew Luck as my quarterbacks. Like, someone should probably be accusing me of a crime. Oh. I mean, it's nice. The hard part is, is that right now we have a very quarterback friendly league. So Kevin has spent years not figuring this out. And so finally, when he started to come around he was like, I think I got it. And he would say this every single year. And this happened for the past three or four years. He's like, Raph, I think I've got it this year. And every year it's the exact same. Like Kevin's like in ninth place. I call you it just go, premature confidence. Yeah, I know. It, it's, a, it's a trademark of yours. It's disgusting, <laughs> but it works. But you also understand on that level the level of that certain person doing what they do and just being willfully ignorant toward anything else. So, yeah, I guess there's a method to it. Um, but you know who else is willfully ignorant, Kevin? Uh, I did the British, as I said earlier. Oh, oh, no, the British are fine. We don't really dislike Detroit them. Detroit Lions offensive coordinator? <laughs> no, we're not talking football anymore. Oh, okay. We're transitioning <laughs> to Polaris, which is... Um, willfully ignorant, ignorant, I'm sorry. No telling uh, how long that guessing game could go, by the way. Raph always skips to the next where he's like, ooh, this could be a while. It's like, that's his way of being like, colder, colder. Okay. And I'll just say it. How's that? Let's just say you don't want Kevin on any of the games that you play. Oh. Like if you're on the same team, you never want to play charades with him because it could be a very long standing game. Uh, the other team will love you though. Um, no, the Brits, in terms of Polaris, they put on a fun show and they have a great, always uh, interactive audience. And I have to say this before I get into the thing that really upset me, which is the Brits seem to have a great sense of humor about themselves. So they chuckle at things that seem slightly inappropriate or silly. Um, for example, when, uh, Minnow Man took off all of his clothes and we did not see this. You heard a lot of like, Hey, uh, to the point on the sidelines where when it's revealed that he comes out and he's just wearing basically pro wrestling uniform, which is just red tights. Yeah. Like, uh, speedo and knee pads, the, the garment, which is a form of, (laughs) <laughs> of ADCC rules that I think not even the best world champions will approach in their He's time. He's kind of wearing what Raphael would wear, the Ninja Turtle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if he wasn't colored. Yes. So, here's what bugged me. Okay, but yes, they seem to enjoy themselves. I, I appreciated that. The thing that bugged me, though, and there were several. So, the Polaris stream had some issues. If you were watching it live... um, I begin to wonder this, and somebody put this on uh, one of the comment sections because people were just bitching. They're like, oh, is this uh, the only free portion? Is the YouTube telepart? And I was like, yeah, dude, the yellow t- the YouTube televised part is the only part that's free. You have to pay for the actual show. And they're just like, oh, I can't believe that. That's so lame. And it's like, no, lame is complaining that you have to pay $20 to watch eight matches. That breaks down to $2.5 per match. That's $1.25 per participant. It's not that bad. And people being like, well, where's a free stream? And I shot down every single person who was doing it. But somebody in response to all of this said, hey, Raph, just a real quick question to you. 
would it really be a jiu-jitsu event if people weren't complaining? And I said, fair point. <laughs> that is a fair point. So <clears throat> here's where it starts it's a very to very contrarian community. At the very beginning, you have Polaris going through some stream issues, and people don't seem to know about this. And we know the guys from Polaris, so we'll put this out on Front Street right now. They are good people. They love this sport. They are passionate about this sport. Does it excuse them from having stream issues? No. But it's also not exactly indicative of them being like, ha we've got the $20 now. Let's just ruin the fucking stream and keep it. <laughs> Which is where I think some people are taking this. Um, because people you know, are like, oh, I paid $20. So it's like, well, you still have the event. It's not going anywhere. Granted, you don't get to watch it live, which is a huge issue for sports because people like the immediacy of knowing exactly what happens when it happens. So that's a bit of a bummer. And yeah, the stream was cutting out. Fortunately, I didn't watch it live. I was watching it a little bit on delay for the main card. I watched all the prelims and I was trying to watch a little bit of the actual main card, but I had to leave, fortunately, because people were complaining that the stream wasn't working. I even went on my phone as I was traveling just to see if I could get a stream from it. And it was having a hard time keeping a consistent stream. So Kev, do you think it's possible? And we don't know the facts, so we're wildly able to speculate with no actual rhyme or reason to it. Is it fair to say that maybe a higher demand may have made a little bit more of a harsh condition for the streaming capabilities of this one? Oh, that would be kind of cool, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of, uh, I know that sucks a little. And it's part of what they call the growing pains. But that's kind of an awesome upside of this. If you're looking for what was a card featuring a lot of young jiu-jitsu stars facing a lot of young or a lot of other weird people. Now, we can get into this for a while because the card's great. Um, if you were able to stick around for it and you don't, you know, demand your money outright right then and there. Um but before we go any further on Polaris analysis, Kev, I think this does open up a great opportunity for us to use our critical analyzation skills. <laughs> you even I uh, you did a fantastic word manipulation as Trump. Mm -hmm. is. It's almost like a sickness. I'm telling you, it's it's contagious. Once you start doing it, you really want to do it all the time. But can we use our critical thinking skills to go ahead and analyze I this? Make no guarantees. Okay, but Go why on. do you think the stream went down? I'll put my first thought. I'll wait for yours in a second. But my first thought as to what was keeping the stream from going up and staying consistent was... Russian hackers? That <laughs> has to be the Russian hackers. Why the Russian hackers? Because they were trying to get to Hill's emails, bugging up the <laughs> fucking tree of pissing me off. And they were like, oh, well, this will also piss him off. Just uh, this will rile it up. I'll just cue out of Gary Tonin's mustache. And that's how Russian cyber terrorists exist. It just upset me in inconvenient ways. That's not bad. I'll put one of my theories out, which is I believe that what was really keeping the stream from being consistent was the personal server that AJ Agazarm was using to update his Snapchat and his Instagram. I think it contains such a huge pull of the bandwidth that there was very little stream energy that could be, you know, broadcast all the way across the pond. All the way. And 
I think we can all say Brexit played a part in this. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they vote to stay in, and <laughs> we don't have the problems we had. And while you're on that one, I think you're on the right page here because I feel like the uh, commentator, our good friend Josh Palmer, who was just on recently, I think that he was draining a lot of the Google resources looking up non-English colloquialisms. <laughs> no, because he definitely was trying his hardest not to be like, all right, everybody, he is coming up and uh, we're going to pinch a top off the cherry of this one. And uh, oh, 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 it's good. <laughs> it's fun. And uh, this one reminds me of the time Mary Poppins uh, fell off and chim chim tree. And you're like, oh my god, you're so adorable, Josh Palmer. <sighs> how also, uh, how uh, was Josh Palmer? Did he personally thank us for the inspiration uh, and motivation? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for you, but I don't think we get too many <laughs> props or credit on that one. Oh, damn. Uh, he did it in spirit, and I felt like. Well, I can't exactly pinpoint an exact moment he said the actual phrase. All right, everybody, let's get together and let's have a grapple. Uh, I think he thought it in his heart. I think that was a good start. So He wrote um, it down once, shed a <laughs> tear on it. It was like, I just can't do it in case. I. How excited are they by the submissions? They've got to be uh, most, I mean, you know. Well, some people its, are, Kevin. Some people were excited about the submissions, but I'll get to that in a second. Obviously, Let's talk about this. Because mm-hmm. guess what? There's decisions on this one. Oh, no. People deciding things. Uh, I hate decisions. Yeah, I, I don't think any human being likes decisions. Even people who play for decisions don't like decisions. They know they win by points or they win by technicality. We love the finish. And uh, finishes are our premium. Um. But I'll get to a contention momentarily. Let's talk a little bit about finishes because in the prelims on YouTube, which, by the way, were fucking free, <laughs> people were complaining. Uh, dude, there was four out of five of those matches that had definitive finishes. And the one that did go to decision on the prelims, it was a pretty good fight. And I believe that one was actually, I think it was in the Gi that was the one that went to decision on on the prelims. And it was pretty easy to tell, like, yep, that guy won. So it was so quick, Kev, because heel hooks and leg locks and the like, um, that they basically finished the prelims in, like, 35 minutes. I'm... I just uh, the bitchiness factor is kind of for people that watch grappling. It's all well, okay, but it's let's just... not assume everybody saw the prelims. Okay, I can take that into consideration because guess what? I had to wake up at fucking eight a.m. to watch the prelims, and not everybody's going to do that, especially on the West Coast. So yeah, let's some say that people didn't show sleep. up. You know, some of us are in Kevin's. Some of us uh, require sleep to survive, Raph. Yeah, you know, some of us go to the mountains and do the things in the mountains. I'm just saying. It, it's a different sort of thing. Now, for me, when I wake up that early, I make a commitment and I'm there with super fans. So if they're bitching, you know, maybe in their deepest heart of hearts, they do love grappling. However, there was an instance over the weekend where somebody watched one match. And this is one match in the main card. And they're like, oh, decisions. Oh, seriously? Uh, this isn't like EBI. EBI is so good, guys. But, like, decisions are boring and bad, and Polaris, uh, their stream. 
Now, the one thing I said to this was, as a friend of ours, I said, listen, streams, that's a different conversation. Granted, nobody likes to see interruptions to something they paid for. And I can tell you nobody was madder about the stream issues than the guys who work at Polaris. Because the minute our good friend Matt Benyon found out, he was putting out notes on his Facebook. He was trying to tell people like, hey, this is what's going on. Maybe not try use your Chrome. Use Firefox. I hear that's working better. So there was an actual considerable effort by him and his team to try and do something. And they did say if there was going to be any issues, here was the address to use before the event even went on. Now. The contention of saying that a different rule set is better one match into it where there's only one decision is kind of lame, and I'll explain why. The reason being is this. There are so many different leagues and organizations and types of jiu-jitsu that I think we should just be at a place where if people aren't going to bitch that it's like, ah, oh, submission only, no time limit. Oh, I hate submission only, no time limit. It's so boring. It goes on forever. Okay, cool. Should we impose some rules? Yeah, but I hate when people don't do the things that I want them to do. Okay, should we make decisions? No, decisions are dumb. Well, should we go to a no time limit then? No, it takes forever. Well, Jesus fucking Christ. No wonder we're not an Olympic sport, you assholes. So... We can probably respect the different rules and rule sets. And yeah, if you've got some issues with it, that's fine. But if you're going to basically come out with a post just to say EBI rules, just do me a solid and wait until you watch the whole event. Because we hadn't even gotten to the goods after that very first match. Because there was definitely a lot that was, I thought, kind of entertaining from this event. So that's where my you know rant kind of goes down a little bit, but I, I just, I have an issue with people speaking and saying shit just to put down an event for the sake of complaining for no reason. And just for the sake of trying to say what they love more. If you love it more, just love it more. If you love EBI rules, great. We like EBI too. We support EBI. We also support Polaris. They tend to do different things, but you know what? They're putting on jujitsu on a pedestal which is something I think we all, despite our differences and what rules or rule sets that we like the best, want. Plus, Josh had great socks on, so he did. Buzz and off, he tagged you know? us. Did you see he tagged us? I did not, but that's lovely. He's such a peach. I'm excited too. I have. Uh, I'm caught up on a lot of the matches. Okay. Which, well, on the main card, I should say. Okay. <laughs> Good. Everything but the uh, final gi match. Which was good it, uh, between uh, Tere and uh, Vitor Shaolin. It was a good match. It, it's, um, I think our good friend Josh Palmer may have used some interesting language to be like, well, the thing about Tere is um, he's not as aggressive as he used to be. And it's kind of like, no, no, let him finish. And he goes, but as definitely more methodical and pressure filled now. And I said, all right, it was a good save. Um, <laughs> the nice part about it is, yeah, when you get gi matches, there's always going to be a little bit of a give and take. Um, 
I think that uh, for the people who don't like e-matches, I think you could probably say, yeah, it could probably be a different way to have people who are a little bit more aggressive. But there is something to it. And I think it takes me back to when I started uh, jujitsu, Kev, which is I have a deep appreciation for people who do spectacular things in the gi. It's not easy to do. You get stuck a lot. Yeah. Everyone that's ever trained both can uh, personally attest that you, you get stuck a lot. <laughs> that's the beauty and the curse of the gi. And it does look cool. That's the other thing about it, though. Like, the belt looks awesome. I mean, it's it's a fun experiment to see those things go down. But um, I thought they put on a good match. Um I mean, say what you will about gear or whatever, but I I was thoroughly entertained. It, it was um, it's fun and it's cool to see people as they get older still be able to do this. One of the things that I'm not sure people realize is, you know, when you see people in football, they get aged out pretty quick, and there are rare cases where you get your like Peyton Mannings who will stick around forever. Um, but like people get aged out to a certain point very quickly. Jiu-jitsu allows people who are in their forties to still be competing. Throw that gi on. That's pretty impressive. So I, I have to say, it's kind of nice to see people, uh, still have, uh, the intrigue and the draw to be able to do that sort of stuff. But let's talk about what we liked. So let's get around to Gary versus Gilbert Kev. Wow. First of all, go Gilbert Burns. I thought he put some fun pressure on Gary, if you can. The fucking mustache. He looks more confident than ever. Or just like... Can I Can I make an observation, smiling. though? Sure. Does Gary not start to look like um, Freddie Mercury in the later years? <laughs> I thought it was, I love the gray and white. I did think he was making a, a fun statement. It's just hi. I'm I'm slim and I've got a weird looking <laughs> face. Let's party. Well, it's not just that, but he's also now getting to the point where on the back of his shorts, he's paying tribute to Harambe. So he definitely put his name on there. So gone, but never forgotten. He just is very good at jujitsu. Is the fucking mm-hmm. problem when you fight him? Yeah. Uh, Gilbert came in a little above weight, it sounds like. (laughs) Well, would you like me to recreate how they announced him? Yes, I would. Okay. Uh, The guy who was doing the announcements, our favorite, who's essentially a mix of uh, Odd Job and The Undertaker. (laughs) Uh, That joke is from On the Mat, or Around the Mat, one of our our fun side projects here on the show. He basically came out and his introduction said, you know, Gary Tonin, look at this guy. And everybody's like, yeah, Gary Tonin. And look over and they go, and fighting a UFC fighter who missed weight at 85 <laughs> stone. And I was like, never have two sentences gone together to make someone feel more like a piece of shit. I think in an introduction in some time. And I couldn't tell if that was, you know, the Brits using their, their interesting sense of humor or, um, just maybe a dig. That's like, listen, you missed weight by a bit. And to Gary's credit, he ended up, uh, taking the match because he said he's not a pussy though. Science may prove otherwise. We'll see. First of all, Gary, like, could you please just for two seconds be like, I'll fight him anyway. Like, why do you have to tack on a jersey 
Just resist that urge. Because, uh, uh, Kev, you know, you, these matches just don't sell themselves. You've got to be able to. You've got to add a touch of random sexism. <laughs> you just have to sprinkle it across. No, I'm not saying like pussy like a woman. I'm uh, saying like a gaping hole pussy. It's very different. Yes, I understand. It's 2016. We're trying. Uh, mm. Gary is uh winner via heel hook. Despite the weight difference. So let's talk about this. And I wanted to ask you this because you, you saw the match and I, I thought this would be a, a fun thing to break down Gary's game. You mentioned a lot about this pressure for Gilbert. Is the answer to not put any pressure on Gary at all? No, I think this was the answer. I think you keep putting pressure on him and trying to impose. If you're asking me like, hey, Kevin, give us your serious analysis that wouldn't work. If you apply it, <laughs> uh, I think you have to keep pressuring him and hope you get him in something that he thinks he can get out of and just prove him otherwise. Cause I like it. He seems to be good at getting out of most things though. He I think seems that's great at it. I would argue he doesn't look and I would be, I would be writing. I would having you send the letter to my family. If Gilbert Burns <laughs> took my back, I'd be like, crap, send it. It'd be like that scene from Saving Private Ryan when uh, Vin <laughs> Diesel's writing the Fast and Furious grip, and he's like, send this. <laughs> That's what it would be like for me. But, yeah, Gary's uh, he's just fun to watch. It's actually really fun, though. Like That would be a bad spinoff if everybody's looking for alternate formats. 15 minutes, Gary's not allowed to fight back. He's <laughs> just allowed to defend. I think it would still be a pretty interesting match. Um yeah, Gilbert coming in a little bit overweight, still kind of sucked, you know. But I think the nice part about it is you saw whenever he was putting pressure on Gary, it seemed to to slow down Gary's work. And I thought the one thing that would make this super interesting was we see a lot of Gary in sub-only competitions not caring where his positions are. But we were getting down to the five-minute mark on this match, which meant that it could have gone to a decision. And if that were the case... I mean, Gilbert would have won that decision. That would have been awesome. <laughs> That's just uh, with his mustache, Gary would have been devastated, and I would have laughed in his face. I would have, <laughs> I would have been like, "Raph, sick the meme on him." <laughs> Get him. Uh, yeah. So I mean, him and uh, Gordon did an AMA before this. Uh, Gary then calls out, I guess, everybody else, and you know. That's what that is. Speaking of callouts in the match prior to that, though, we had Minoman versus AJ Aga's arm. What were your thoughts on that match? Uh, you know, well, first of all, great uniform choice. I don't think people are doing enough flair. If you ever see the NBA guys, they're like <laughs> decked out in eight linens worth of uh, good, high quality protect me fabric. So, I would like to take a time out, though, to have you respond to Cam Newton's apparel this weekend, though. Beautiful. I was, yeah. I thought it's, I love Cam Newton's wardrobe choices. Every time I'm like, yes. But I did love the memes. I loved the memes that, that like had him as Batman, the Joker ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those were pretty great. The Batman has until midnight to avail himself, or yeah. I will take Gotham into ruins. Like, hilarious. Um, okay, so Minnow Man, would would you ever rock just the the speedo and knee pads? Because uh, I think we'll uh, take some work. 
No, but he, I'm from Kansas. I'm dealing with a lot of things. You know, he's from a more open culture. Because <laughs> I guess the part is, do you know that going in that he's going to be doing that? Because I'm pretty sure AJ, when he saw it, goes, all right. That would be, <laughs> he just went, all right. Well, that's what's happening. Yes, all right. Um, this is one of those, like, fun fights because it's intergenerational so i get that and i think it also has some i mean i don't exactly know how old he is he's 40 okay pretty i, th- I was like but he's older and yes AJ and aj's great. like not 40 age is definitely not 40 they had some fun exchanges that terrified me a little bit again i think mostly wardrobe related but uh really fun match that AJ dominates and it's still fun to see. I know I just thought it was fun to watch the uh, the older versus the new. That's blast. Especially yeah. cultural clashes. I think that's fascinating. I think it's an interesting match. And AJ One... doesn't always have just these lately. He hasn't been having these fun just interesting matches for his jiu-jitsu. Fun to see him finish a triangle. Fun story about this. Apparently, neither of them really knew much about the other's game, which... Believe uh, that. <laughs> I'm, only, I'm sure AJ had been studying a lot of the Minawa prior to this. But think about that, though, Kev. I mean, like, it's one thing to say you're going to compete against somebody, but on a high-profile stage like this, and you know the two of them truly love this sport, so when they show up and they both go... I don't really know what the other person's going to do. Let's just see what happens. I know he's probably good at wrestling. That's a thing, right? Yeah, that's his thing. I think we'll see what he does from there. It's an interesting quandary because when they were matched up, it did seem like that. And, you know, AJ had a really good dismantling that we we haven't really seen out of AJ in some time like that. So that happens. At the end of it, AJ decides that he's going to take the flavor of the moment and go ahead and call them out. He made mention that his original opponent at Metamorphs, or I'm sorry, at Polaris, pulled out and then says he would like to fight Hollett Gracie, the new signee for Bellator MMA in MMA. And then says Coker, instead of saying like Scott Coker, he's like, Coker, I'm calling you. And then he, he does that thing where he's like, I guess maybe he can't recall his first name. He's like, Coker, I'm going to call you. Yeah, Coker. I'm going to call you on Monday. First thing Monday, Coker, I'm calling you. And you go, someone whisper in his ear, Scott, like, Josh, Josh, use your wonderful British charm to tell him it's Scott Coker. Yeah, whatever. (laughs) So, Kev, would you like to see that? Would you like to see that in MMA? Yes. I don't know exactly how I – I'm curious how you feel about this. I know that what you just said, but I don't know how I feel about him cross-calling out. That one seems a little bizarre, only because... I don't even know that I really want to see a match between the two, but sure. If we're going to play along and say, like, yeah, they've got issues that they need to On Bellator's. Coker! Coker, get your notepad! (laughs) Write my name next to the dipshit's name. But, Kevin, could you imagine that, though? If, like, a number of people knew, and, like, you were trying to get your attention, would you be like, Phillips! Hey! You you dummy, Phillips. You I'm gonna call you Phillips. You just wait. Maybe just remember that. 
here's what my issue is on this. Yeah, okay, yeah. So let's play into the idea. A lot of people want to see the two of them fight in jiu-jitsu, but do they want to see them fight in MMA? I don't really need to. No, I'm not really that excited about it. I would rather see them grapple uh, because we've never really seen AJ box. Now, AJ has a lot of help, and uh, maybe he's got hands that we don't know about. His wrestling's obviously very good. So those are components that would make a good MMA fighter. For example, one of his besties is Kenny Florian. So entirely possible. Maybe he's been sneaking in some training on the side that we don't know about. His conditioning is very good. But those things don't always make a UFC fighter initially. So I have on no paper. Idea. As he is like, uh, I guess they're all kind of training striking now, but. They should be. But again, this is, I thought, more of an MMA discussion of do we want to see somebody who hasn't even really had an amateur fight go in and see him punk his way into fighting Hollett Gracie? And I'm not saying CM Punk because he doesn't have, you know, the full experience. He definitely has the wrestling and the jiu-jitsu and probably some striking if he's definitely making that call out because, holy shit, that's a, that's a big thing to be calling out somebody for. On the other yeah, side, you've got Hollett Gracie who has fought MMA and has beaten folks that I'm not 100% sure I even want to see fight. But then I get it. Okay, so then we come to find out. He had fought MMA, I guess. I always... He did. You know, in between his music career. The guy's a renaissance man. Oh, well, Kev, Kev. Whether or not he's paying his... How do you feel about the cross-promo call-out, though? You're good with... No, I don't want to see it. I I want to see them fight each other in grappling. And if that would have happened at Polaris or a Metamoris... I guess I know a lot of people really want to see that. I don't really give a shit because I feel like yeah, that's even right at his most, Alec doesn't care. I really don't think he cares. There is footage that was released this week, and Kev, this was the the I like. Believe that, by the way, he just doesn't care, guys. He doesn't care. He there was footage released this week that was showing the behind the scenes nature of the interviews they used to promote for Metamore Seven with Alec versus Gary, in which the interviewer. Uh, Bobby Resnick asked Hollick his thoughts. And before he could even say what his thoughts were or the question, he says, I just wanted to get your, your response to, and he goes, move on to another question. Let's just move on to another question. You, I know what you're going to ask me. And he's like, I just wanted to ask you about, and he goes, yeah, about the AJ thing, huh? The AJ. <sighs> like, I'm just saying, Onto another question, which is a great way of showing you some behind the scenes nature of it all. So the guy like very earnestly asks him like, yo, dude, I'm doing this probably for free. So, you know, are you really going to tell me how to do my job? And it's kind of quaint that this would be released now months after the fact. But it could be, you know, Hollick got signed and it was later revealed that he's not going to put a penny of what he makes from MMA at Bellator MMA to paying back the fighters, which is a big issue that people have to say. He's also said on some weird lesser I like that podcast, he was like, just to be clear, no, I won't be doing the right thing. <laughs> Thank you. Well, because asking. our good friend Vernon Kirk very nicely came up with a meme that basically compared him to a stripper and said, you know, just like strippers pay their way through school in law school, 
maybe Alec's going to do the right thing and that he's fighting to pay his debts. And of course, that's not fucking true because Alec said on some lesser podcast that we won't even mention because they're garbage. He basically said something to the effect of, and I didn't listen to it because I'm not about to waste my time. Uh, but he said that Metamorphs is in the, uh, I guess, the works to get a loan to pay back their debts. And don't worry, people are going to get paid back. So I think Bobby may have released this video of him doing the Metamorphs questions because it's a 15-minute uncut video of him asking his questions. So he responds to AJ and says, you know, the usual thing that we've heard from him, which is AJ's full of shit. He's full of himself. He was using it to get a spot on Metamorphs in a card, but he's not that good, so he doesn't really care. And uh, yeah, he's totally going to pay AJ back despite what he said on all these things. But Kevin, that wasn't even the big bombshell of that interview. How is that not the big bomb? No, what is the bomb? I'm sorry, this is... How is it never the bombshell? Go on. I I don't make these things up. It's just not the bombshell. The real bombshell. It's just the news, guys. Oh, that's just the fucking teaser. That's the attention-getting device for the real bombshell, which comes a little bit later in the interview with maybe about three minutes left. So if you make your way all the way through that bullshit interview, you get to the real meat, friends. And this meat, prime rib. So the interviewer decides to ask Hollick if the knocks on his rap career ever seemed to really bother him, meaning that us, fans, people, haters, everybody, seems to give him shit for his rap career and asks if that bothers him. Kevin, I'll ask you, do you think that bothers Hollick? No, no way, because he just sees them as haters. Is that right? That's what I just assume the answer is. It's partially right. Would you like to know the full answer? Go for it. All right, here we go. The full answer goes something a little bit like this. And if you haven't watched this, please watch it. Just know that I'm not making this up, okay? I, I, I think you know enough about us on our podcast that we have fun about a lot of things. But when we try to report the news, we at least do a pretty good job of giving you, if not the quote verbatim, a pretty close approximation of what the actual story is. So with that aside, is a great t-shirt for us <laughs> with that disclaimer aside. Here was a statement. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean? It's just, it's crazy, man. Like a lot of people are saying that, um, Gina Key was like one of the most slept on singles of all time. They're like, yo bro, I didn't even know. I didn't even hear the whole album. And then once I heard the whole album, it was like, whoa, I didn't know you did that. Wow. That's great. Yeah, a lot of people, like a lot of people are saying that Gina Gee is just, is good, man. Is ahead of its time. So like a lot of people didn't even see that. They didn't really know that. So that got me thinking, Kev. <laughs> yeah. Who else seems to speak like that where they say a lot of people are saying. Oh, God. Is this Some why we're sort of this? weird. Mm, it's all coming full circle. That's right, you motherfuckers. You took the journey with us through this whole podcast, and we brought it straight to your attention. I'm going to put it out there. The person who we didn't name at the very beginning of this podcast. Let's just say it right now. What if Donald Trump is Hollett Gracie? And let me blow your little bit of mind that you have left right now. What if? What if Kevin? The reverse is true. What if this is some fight club kind of shit going on here? 
where we don't know who the real Tyler Durden is, or if he even exists, what if they are the same fucking person? Well, I think I speak for the entire grappling community when I say I can't believe I was the one doing drugs this weekend. But you've <laughs> got a real theory working here that I think both the jiu-jitsu community and the Reddit jiu-jitsu community are going to love. Because let me just say this, okay? Let me say this, okay? A lot of people are saying that Gina Key was one of the most slept-on singles of all time. And I know a lot of you guys don't think that's true, but I'm hearing it at a lot of places. And I'm just saying, you know, if you heard the full album, you would know. So that's why I'm waiting for Holic to release the full album of Gina Key. Yeah, let's see what happens if you put it all out there. I'm ready for the whole thing. Just as <laughs> I want more. I'm, you know, big fan. And I think uh, Lonely Island was inspired by it. Maybe. I haven't asked them. We'll get to that, I'm sure. We've got one more Nathan Orchard versus Mazukazu Imanari. Oh, yeah. Yes. Mazukazu. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I skipped over Jackson Souza versus Dylan Danis. Look at yes, me. Yes, that was a good match. Uh, tell me what you liked about that match. The fighting and <laughs> Jackson Souza is one of those fighters that we've seen a lot in tournaments. Really fun to see him get outside that. Dylan looked good and felt like attack the heel hook just to taunt Gary. If I had to guess. Huh. Well, I think he attacked the heel hook because it availed itself. Um, I'm not so sure it was directly at Gary, but, you know, I'm not that good. I'm, I so I don't know. Just, I'm conspiracy theory. And I'm, sure. <laughs> a lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying. A lot of people are saying right now. direct insult. Kevin, I'm telling you, dude, you do it once or twice, then you start getting the sweet nectar of nonsense, and then you realize nothing ever sticks to you. You like Teflon, dude. <sighs> okay what did i like about this i thought this might have been match of the night but it, it's it's hard for me to really pick an exact moment because i thought uh, and you spoil it a little bit but there's no reason that you could spoil it because it was a great match too uh nathan orchard is a beast and i'm so glad he got the respect he was due he was not the original person who was supposed to be on that card but i was sure as shit happy that he made his name on there because nathan orchard i think gets slept on so much by people and he is so good at what he does. I have a high respect for him. On the flip side, I thought that with uh, Jackson Salza and uh, Dylan Dennis, I thought they were equally matched. I thought that Jackson was was trying to implement a game that he never quite felt comfortable with. And you mentioned maybe it's just a little bit out of his setting. But I thought that Dylan had answers for him in a lot of different ways to the point where when they said like, and I know the broadcasters were trying to put a good spin on this, but they're like, oh, you know, it was a pretty even match between the two of them. And I was like, I still felt like even though they were equally matched competitors, Dylan looked good, like very strong, very sharp, he very he amazing. measured answers. And it's one of those things where you wonder if Mystic Mac, a.k.a. his training partner buddy, Conor McGregor, when he's saying like, oh, that man's a beast. <laughs> It's no no kidding. I mean, he's he's fucking great, and he's saying all those things. You go, I don't know. Maybe John Canova and uh, 
And Conor McGregor knows stuff that we don't. I mean, granted, we know Dylan's really good, but maybe this is stepping him up in a way that uh, maybe we wouldn't know or, or foreseen. So I, I'm just happy that, you know, I, I know there's stuff between him and Gordon and Gary and all that other bullshit. And I think in time we'll see more of those matches. But I thought that just for this particular set, that was a great match that I was excited to see. But again, I still think it might have taken fight of the night. So you guys tell me uh, if you, you feel any different on that one. I completely echo your uh, fascination, though, with Nathan Orchard, who moves so swiftly and purposefully. Like he looks very intense, and he took it to Minari. Oh, absolutely, man! Just a terrifying guy. Like it's really that's this fight. These fights had some just really. It kind of looks like uh, the Shark Week has that <laughs> kind of similar the way they hunt. It's like, oh, <laughs> get off me, uh, Eduardo Rios versus Charles Negromonte. <laughs> yeah. How did I do there? It was okay. You've done better before. This one I definitely did not see. Uh, Dominica Obrenit versus Yes Wilson. Oh, wow. Say the second name again. It's. I'm sorry. Let me give you some more instruction on that one. Can you say the second name again as if you weren't. Uh, traveling down the street at the Gay Pride Parade here in Los Angeles for Halloween. I, I, could, I could give it. Yas Wilson. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> just moments away from going on this podcast. Yas, queen. Yas. <laughs> it is Y-A-S. <laughs> so I just assumed that was Yas Wilson. <laughs> Um, good matches both I enjoyed those um, <laughs> they again you know this is the fun part is yeah we did have some decisions and match, I mean it's always fun and I, I feel like right now Polaris is holding the flag for the integration of Gi and no Gi because you know EBI is clearly the front runner in this whole scheme of things they're on fight pass they have the prestige they picked up where Metamorris left off and ran with it. I mean, to the point where th- it's not even close. I mean, EBI is the showcase show right now. And it is Nogi exclusively. And I don't think, <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Eddie has any plans to really put any Gi matches in there in the future. Especially now that they're going to integrate these small uh, combat strike. I was just going to say he would literally rather people hit each other in the face than more Gi. Like MMA light. Or diet MMA, one might call it. So... Yeah, cool, great. But in terms of integrating both, um, you know, I think Copa Podio does a great job with Gi. I don't know how they do in integrating both just yet at this time, but I feel that Polaris is a great stage for for combining those people who have uh, a love for both Gi and no Gi. So um, I'll say this, and this is a big one too. There were some people... And I understand if you have bitching and you're complaining about things, you paid $20, that's fine. They did offer, you could get a refund, all of that sort of good stuff. But this goes hand in hand with this other issue that I I really feel is important. When people are fucking putting this shit up on Facebook Live, I, I just don't understand how you get to complain when these athletes are wondering why. And these are these athletes' friends, by the way, 
who are sometimes posting these Facebook Live videos. When the athletes are like, I don't know why we don't make any more money. It's so hard to. No. You don't say. When you're giving away the shit for free that's behind a paywall, but you figure, let me hook up a few people. And those few people turn into a few hundreds of thousands of people. It sometimes costs these people actual money. Not only are there less opportunities for those athletes to make money because of those things, but then there are less events. We like Polaris. We'd like to see them stick around. Yes, I would love to hear more information about what caused the problems for the stream to cut out. I would love to hear, hopefully, how they intend to correct that for the next one. Because uh, what if it wasn't a, a demand sort of issue? What if it was just they didn't have the right specifications? Some people were saying they didn't test it out properly. Do we know that? No. <laughs> How the fuck do you know that? Nobody knows what the fuck happened. Sometimes when you put on an event, as somebody who's helped and put on events myself, shit just comes up and you just try to roll with the punches. So, again, I think there's a lot of questions that I think will get answered. And keep in mind, the last meta, or the last Polaris that happened, the guys there were really sad that they didn't get any finishes. Not this round. So this time they made the fear of a judge's decision play a role into it and so they heard the feedback and they made corrections so that's what always makes me feel good about them and their ability to at least hear the audience and try to work around what is uh, makes sense i guess in terms of uh the uh, constructive criticism but sharing this shit on your facebook live is just fucking lame and i just i don't understand why you want to do it it's 20 bucks and I feel like we get to a certain point with these people where when they do share it, it, it is kind of the wild, wild west. And it's like the UFC and there are people who are going to pirate and whatever. But just really think about the people who you love and who you want to see become great jiu-jitsu athletes. And then ask yourself, if they struggle and you see them struggle on a primary level at your gym to get those kind of sponsorships, when you share any kind of these videos, you are making it so that your friends are directly being implicated about that. So I want you to think about that. The next time somebody says they have trouble getting any kind of sponsorship or getting on major cards like a Polaris because they can't seem to get the attention when the reality is they can't get the attention in some cases, not all, but in enough cases because people like you are sharing these videos and taking away the revenue stream so that they can pay your fucking friends. End of rant. Uh, that's it for the dad corner. For <laughs> I'm just saying, I will fucking pull you guys. I will put you on a timeout. I will stop this car. Kevin will tell you. He, he will. It's, uh, Raph is, I agree with you wholeheartedly about this, and I'm glad you're taking a stance because the people of Polaris are also giving us good matches. This was a great one. You just gotta, you know, trust the process. Uh, they keep getting better, and they also had Tom Breeze versus Ben Dyson, another fun match that went to a referee decision for Tom Breeze, but could have gone either way. A lot of back and forth, and you saw that all night. A lot of motivated people going crazy on this card. What was your favorite submission? Because I know mine. I mean, I think we'll probably both say Nathan Orchard. Oh, see, no. Um... I'm going with AJ's. I liked that triangle. I thought that was badass. 
it was cool. I, I mean, it's it's hard to really pick between those two. I mean, but mostly because yeah, we Nathan's setup team. was so quickly integrated and pulled off. Um, I thought the AJ's was um, equally as impressive in the sense that he definitely was able to implement it from a long chain that he st- he stemmed together with great pressure. Um, and it was cool because, I mean, Middleman, he knew. He was like, oh, so fucked. And he was trying his best to get out of it. And it looked like he was getting some success, but uh, ran into a brick wall known as, uh, yeah, this isn't going to happen. So I don't think there's a wrong way to go on that one. It was, uh, it was fun matches. I had some fun with this one. They had some, uh, and yeah, I agree. I kind of like the mix when you get a little gi in with some no gi. They had a good ratio this round. Nice job by the Polaris people. Somehow even covered, and this is just good niceties by them, they covered the Halleck story for us inadvertently. Thanks, AJ. <laughs> yeah. So we got to just get it all out, Raph. And this has been a unbelievable we took a little break. We yeah, got we re-energized. So this has been a little unbelievable run for us to get some sleep. Well, I got sleep. Raph did whatever he does. Um, probably wrote a small journal. I don't know. He's been working on a side project where he just pen names and writes congressman. There's no telling what he does with his spare time. Raph, final notes on Polaris? Great show. Sucks about the stream. I feel it's a... Easy thing to go and make fun of, but I think it is uh, apt criticism to give them if you guys have notes or know things that we don't. Um, In terms of from previous Polarises, they now are way, way nicely implementing um, some really cool replay. And as you and I both know, when we interviewed them, that costs money. So they're ponying up that shit so that we can be – uh, entertained and, and see the kind of uh, caliber of production value that we see on other shows that are for other sports that are highly professional. So that's that's that side. Can we both agree on this, though? And I know that this was something that was uttered by fans in forums and uh, other places, and I do tend to agree with it if we are giving constructive criticism. Go for it. You know I loves me a crane shot. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Actually, there was a moment. So go on, but you're yeah. Loves me the crane. Okay, can't get but, enough of it. I'll sign my name I mean, on a crane. I'd love turned it. out, I I can get enough of it, um, <laughs> especially when the comparable angle may be on the ground because I'm not a bird. And I don't learn jujitsu by being a bird. Now, granted, there are some very pretty cutaways that you can do from up top. I just felt like there were a number of times where I missed certain things because we were high in the sky. And it's harder to really see where the grips are or how things are going. And I can appreciate the efforts into doing so. But if I were to give some you know, constructive criticism, maybe a little bit more sea level kind of angles. Uh, and I understand it's a hard place to shoot. It's the same problem that EBI has with the Orpheum, which is there are only so many angles you can get because you, you lose that back space to shoot from. So you're really just shooting at like, like 180 degrees most of the time. So yeah, I mean that, that does suck, but just no, you don't have to stay in the sky the whole time because 
that's not great. You can go there a few times. I'm cool with that. But like, nah, we don't have to stay there a lot. So that would be my my constructive criticism to them. Otherwise, again, great event. Feel good for our good friends uh, from the show who did well. And um, I just always feel happy after seeing them um, do their thing. And uh, again, very happy for our good friend Josh Palmer. I thought he did a good job. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, I love seeing our friends do well. It does uh, bother me when I see them struggle and I see the stream cut out a little bit. But uh, if I know them, I know I know they're going to work hard to fix that. So hopefully next time, if it does cut out and uh, they do have some more stream issues, we can throw them under the bus and we'll call it a day. I'll be watching Polaris 5 to find out. <laughs> you know, just in case. Got to see what happens. Uh, compliments to the entire crew over there. And Raf, you went to Halloween training tonight at the Elite Jiu-Jitsu Club. That's pretty I awesome. did. And you know what? Let me uh, – did you see who I went as for Halloween? Because I'm not sure I sent you uh, the right photo that would give it fully away. I just sent it to you right now. But hopefully you can describe who I went for as Halloween this evening. What? I believed. Yeah, oh no, I guessed it right away. Rafael Lovato Jr. <laughs> yeah, the I make history in the belt with the grip. It was it's uh good g- kudos to you. You I'll tell the Hibero email listserv. I'll be like, hey <laughs> You know, we're cool and here's why. <laughs> it's the only listserv I aspire to get on, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I yes. saw Bonnie's terrifying bunny. Yes, yes, Bonnie was it. crazy in her uh, her bunny, and you know she loves Halloween. Uh, the guys at the LA Jiu Jitsu Club, Eric, Bonnie, Joey, always put on great things. But uh, Bonnie loves Halloween, so they did a nice Halloween open mat, and uh, I, I think this will take us to shoutouts. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so this is our good friends at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. Um, put on a spectacular Halloween event, open mat. Had a lot of people turn out, so I was very happy to get some roles in. Uh, I had to be an old person and leave a little bit early so that I could be a responsible human being and podcast here, even which I still got here late, so sorry. Props to uh, you for making the dreams happen. Yeah, trying to do it all, live the dream. But um, – yeah, I'm just I'm so happy they did that. There's been again some great training. Eric's going to be going up to uh, Nogi Worlds this week, and I, I think he's ready to to wreck some heads, man. He's he's killing it, dude. He's he's a great competitor, and uh, I, I feel good for him. Uh, also, our good friend Bree was just on Matt Therapy. If you guys listen to that podcast, they are friends of ours, except when they mention their favorite Starburst. Kev, definitively, what is the best Starburst color? Go. Cherry, red, which is red because you're a right human being in the head about this one thing. Do you know which one they said? Yellow, yellow. Oh, terrorists, terrorists indeed. And can I also point out a a major issue? This conversation actually came up the other day at the Valley Martial Arts Center, which I'll get to uh, uh, shouting out shortly. Um, but we were having uh, candies and somebody, I don't want to name names, but his name is Casey. And Casey uh, said that the best one is orange. Now, when he said this, he was laughed out of the room because we were like, on with orange, 
he's like, oh, it's the juiciest. And it was like, you're fucking insane. But then to have someone come through and make the appeal that lemon or yellow is the best starburst color. I don't want to say things about their podcast because, again, they are friends of ours. But can you really listen to another podcast that thinks that yellow is the best starburst? I'm just asking the questions, people, because a lot of people are saying, okay, okay. A lot of people are saying things. Just a lot of people have insinuated. <laughs> so, again, uh, shout out to them. Shout out to everybody at Polaris. You guys did a good job. Um, again, we, you know, we're always here for you guys. We love it. We want to see more of it. I can't wait to see those things go down. Um, I want to send a big shout out to, um, you know, we were gone for two weeks, so it's, it's hard to remember everything. But our good friend Marvin did a seminar at the LA Jiu-Jitsu Club. I didn't get to attend. I want to uh, send a big, uh, you know, what up to him. I want to send a big, what up to our good friend, uh, Jimmy Quinlan who went to fucking hell in a cell. Yeah, that's right. Jimmy Quinlan. I'm fucking calling you out here. This dude, BJJ black belt goes to hell in a cell has basically front row seats is having the time of his life. And he told me, he's like, I haven't been to an event since 2003. And you know what, Jimmy, now you're just using your adult powers for the right reasons. Because now you have the money. You can do whatever the fuck you want. If you want to go somewhere on a school night, you go. That's the so, best part about being an adult. It really is. Like, ask Kevin. That's the best. <laughs> Anything Kevin wanted to do as a kid, now he can do. <laughs> so, uh, shout out to him. And, uh, you know, I want to go ahead and close out my uh, set of shout outs this night uh, for our good friend, Joel Telfa. Now, it was so nice to have our our, uh, our fearless leader, Marcelo, come back after, I mean, he, he's had some surgery on uh, his hip, and it was good to see him out and walking again and being there and yelling at us to do more. Like, Marcelo is, is such a heart of, of Valley Martial Arts Center. So it was great to have him back and, and amongst us, and we're, we're going to be seeing him regularly. The flip side of that is, unfortunately, that our good friend, uh, Joel Telfa, who's been filling in for him, is going to be stepping aside. Uh, you know, there's been talk that maybe Jules may do a class with us, but uh, we don't know if that's going to come to fruition. I really hope it does, because um, I wrote a nice post for him on our Instagram. If you would like to read it in full, you can go there. It's on uh, Instagram at VerbalTabCast. But uh, I'll just kind of echo a few of the sentiments that I had in that post right here, which is this. Jules has such a proficiency for great technique that you know when you see somebody who has fantastic technique and you kind of say like, oh, man, I'd really like to have that. Like He does kind of what I would love to end up doing one day when I become a black belt, if I become a black belt. Um, so it, it is very cool to see him do that sort of thing. And the amount of time that he uh, he really gave for me to help me become better and, uh, you know, really uh, work toward becoming better at being a technical, I guess, jujitsu guy um, was very much appreciated. So I just wanted to thank him on behalf of all of us from Valley Martial Arts Center for giving us such great of uh, his efforts, his time, uh, his considerations. And uh, I don't suspect it's going to be the last time we see him teach. But if it is, I think it's so vital to tell those teachers how good they are when you get the chance to, because, um, you know, what if he doesn't teach again? You know, he told us we were his first uh, class of teaching, and I could have fooled the shit out of me because uh, I seriously thought he had been teaching for years. He was that good of a teacher. And uh, I had said that I thought that our uh, 
the head of our lineage one, Jean-Jacques Machado, would truly be proud of him. And I, I, I sincerely mean that because I feel he takes so much of that good element. And I, I again, I hope we see him in Valley Martial Arts more often than not. Also, he's got really good pressure, and it hurts a lot, but you get better, I think. I'm told. I don't know. And I think that'll do it for me. Well, major shout-outs to a mutual friend, friend of the podcast, and just a personal friend, Shivali. Gowder went out to the mountains. Came and uh, hung out. Victoria and I and her went out to Breckenridge. It was a blast. Did some hiking. Got to get out there. It's uh, it's fantastic. We need to open a jujitsu shop for like tourists. Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't know. We'll talk about it. And speaking of talk about it, major shout outs to the Jubera Association. I'm still just you know getting murdered at the altitude, Raf. That's gonna do it for me. That's gonna do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. Well, I I went as a Raphael that's good at jiu-jitsu. Oh, nice.